It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Opening minute of play, first period, flanked forward. Now here's Hurdle throwing in front of an end, going to the backhand, but he loses on the stick check, and that's a good job by Jake Muzzin to stay right with him. Maple Leafs on the move. Uh oh, here comes Willie Neen, that's a breakaway star. The Sharks' defense left William Lelander wide open on a broken play after two good chances up front, and the Maple Leaf winger comes in and tucks a backhander past James Weimer on the very first shot on goal of the game. It is 1-0 Toronto, and it's because William Lelander was wide open. Yeah, that wasn't in the game plan to give him a breakaway in the first shift. I can guarantee you that. I think uh, we talked about trying to uh, play tight with these guys. Listen, they've scored... Uh, maybe the most goals in the NHL in the last little while. So, um, you know, we didn't manage the puck very well, I thought. And, you know, we were in position. It was a three-on-three three in the neutral zone. It wasn't like we got caught. We just didn't do the right thing tracking. Um, and, uh, you know, our, our forwards are going to dictate the track so they can push them out of the middle of the ice. Therefore, our D read off our forwards, and then we can get into our squeeze situation. We didn't do that. Made a mistake. It's in the back of the net. And uh, I liked our response. But again, I just thought that uh, uh, they were the better team. Um, we didn't look as fresh as we have in the last couple games. I didn't think we had the same uh, same pop. And uh, you got to be at your best to beat one of these teams like this. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Morning Tide. I want to start off by immediately addressing the situation with General Manager Doug Wilson. Of course, the statement was released yesterday that Doug is taking a medical leave of absence and that during that period, Joe Will will be the acting general manager in the day-to-day duties. Like all of you, I was just as shocked to see that message. I have no idea what this is pertaining to, and I am just hoping but nothing for the best for Doug and, of course, uh, his family, because it's a very scary situation when you see something pop up like this. I was, again, shocked when the statement came out because you're around Doug. Your guy looks like the picture health. He looks like he could step on the ice at any point. So, yeah, I was just as shocked as everyone else was when the statement was put out. I don't know anything more, and I imagine we will all learn more in the coming days, weeks, however long it is, before Doug is back in his normal duties. And again, just wishing him and his family the best because uh, you know that's all that you really want for anybody is their health before hockey, before the Sharks, before anything comes down to a person's health. So you know, we just hope Doug gets back as, uh, as quickly as possible. Moving on from that, while looking at the 2-2 two and two homestand for the San Jose Sharks, recognizing their reality right now as a team that is not one of the worst teams in the league, nor are they the best. You had games on this homestand, including Washington, Carolina, and Toronto, three of the best teams in the East. And I think the way that Carolina and Toronto have been playing lately These are two of the top three, top four teams in the NHL. The fact that the Sharks were able to go two and two on this homestand, 
I'm not overall losing my mind over that. Getting that two and two home stands with these four teams, because A, you beat the team you were supposed to, supposed to beat in Ottawa, right? I mean, that's essentially what you need to do in the NHL is beat the teams that you're better than while also getting wins over teams that you are not better than. I mean, that is a, a job decently done by the San Jose Sharks. And I say decently because the Sharks are a decent team. I think that, you know, and I, I always go on social media and I'm always lurking and I go on Reddit and somebody said, well, this is what the Sharks are. They're, they can't hang with the best teams, but they're not one of the worst teams. And I said, well, hold on, because I do understand that reaction. But the Sharks did beat Toronto on the road. The Sharks did beat Carolina. The Sharks did beat Calgary. I think the Sharks can hang with anybody. I just think that at this point, there is no relative consistency with which you're going to be able to point it out on which game they're going to show up to compete with. I think it's A, they might match up against some teams better than others, but also B, the relative inconsistency of the Sharks up to this point of the season is something you can point to and say, all right, that's what we can kind of count on. Sometimes they are going to show up and beat Carolina. Sometimes they are going to, you know, have a little bit of a hot spell or, you know, get impressive wins when they're, you know, down regulars due to COVID. But other times they're just not going to have their A game or they're going to be sloppy or they're going to put themselves in bad situations or fall behind early or, you know, not do the little things that otherwise the best teams in the league are going to consistently do that lead them to success. But that also goes in line with the overall record I'm looking at of 10, 9, and 1 on the season through 20 games. That's, you know, hovering around 500, which again, if we had gone back to the start of the year and I said we're going to be 500 after 20 games or right around 500, I don't think you hate that record. I think, yeah, it's not as good as you want it to be, but I don't think you hate it. I think you look at it and you think, all right, that's relatively in line with my expectations, and maybe it's a little bit better than I otherwise thought it would have been, especially when you didn't know there was going to be a six-game stretch in which you were missing seven regulars due to COVID, which, of course, impacts the outcome and the record at this point. But when I look at the Sharks and what they have been up to this point of the season, you've seen some games where they've played really well. Not too many games where they've played that poorly and a couple of games where they've run into the opposition who are clearly a better team. And I even go back to the game that started off this homestand against Washington. The Sharks were not terrible in that game by any means. They just got beaten by a better team. And it was a 2-0 game until late in the third period when, you know, eventually Washington gets a third and then an empty netter. And again, I don't hate that. I don't hate the way that that game goes down. I just think to myself, Okay, when I look at the Sharks, are they as good as the Caps? No, but they were able to get an impressive win. And then I go back to what was a very impressive win over Carolina, who was one of the best teams in the league up to this point. And I think to myself, if they can do it against Carolina, they do have the potential to do it against anyone. Are they going to do it all the time? I don't know. That's where the Sharks are right now. You don't know what you're going to get from one night to the next. But I do think that when you look at what they are, it's not a terrible team. It's not one of the great teams. It's a team that's going to be on the bubble, I think, all year long. But the real question to me now is how are they going to respond to this loss? Because they responded well from the loss against Washington. And then they were able to get two consecutive wins before getting beaten by a better team. Now, the Sharks are going out on the road. And they go out on the road as a team that I think should still be able to pick up wins and get something close to a 500 road trip. Especially when you start off against Chicago. You should beat Chicago if you're the Sharks right now. Then you go into New Jersey and you take on the Devils. Devils are 8-6-4 and four right now. 
To me, that is another winnable game, and I'm not trying to set expectations too high, but I think that's a game in which you can get some win. Then you go Thursday night against the Islanders. They're 5-10-2 at this point. That's another winnable game. Second night of a back-to-back, Friday night is going to be against the Rangers, who are playing really well right now and just got a very impressive win over Boston. That's going to be a little bit tougher. But I don't think the Sharks, I am writing them off in any way, shape, or form. Then you have the Blue Jackets, and that's going to be another one of those games where you say to yourself, okay, they're 12-6 and on the year. They're not great. They're not terrible. Are the Sharks going to be in that one? And I think the answer is yes. So I think the Sharks are looking at some winnable games and definitely able to walk away with a 3-2 and two record out of this road trip because it's not going to go the way you, you planned it where you said, okay, these are your winnable games and these are your losable games because the Sharks, you don't really know which Sharks team is going to be on the ice. I think overall, though, when I look at that trip, I think, yeah, 3-2 and two is not out of the question, nor is 2-3. and three. But 3-2, and two, definitely not out of the question. And then after that, the Sharks are home for a seven-game homestand. You've got Tuesday the 7th versus the Flames. You've got Thursday the 9th versus the Wild. You've got Saturday the 11th hosting the Stars. Tuesday the 14th hosting the Kraken. Thursday the 16th hosting the Canucks. Tuesday the 21st hosting the Canucks again. Thursday the 23rd hosting Edmonton. And then you're back out on the road on the 28th before you see the Coyotes. But I do think when I look at all those divisional opponents coming up on that seven-game homestand, including a road trip before that, which is five games, which has some winnable games, I think the Sharks are in a relatively good position right now. And I think over the course of the next 12 games, you have a chance to win maybe seven and or eight of them. So, and maybe even more. I mean, who knows? The Sharks have had a pretty difficult season up to this point. And I think this is now an opportunity with some relative consistency and with a long homestand where they can potentially thrive. But if I look at the overall standings in the Pacific Division right now, Calgary in first with 29 points, Edmonton in second with 28 points, the Ducks snap their three-game slide, they jump back up to third with a win, 25 points, Vegas is sitting in fourth, they have 24 points, and then the Sharks are sitting in fifth right now with 21 points, coming off of a loss that snapped a two-game winning streak. I don't hate any of that right now. Again, all of this is something that I look at and say to myself, the Sharks aren't completely out of anything. The Sharks aren't at the bottom and they're not completely abysmal. I think they're a team that's relatively in line with expectations up to this point while also weathering many, many challenges. I also look at the next 12 games and I think the Sharks have a real opportunity to rattle off a lot of wins and put themselves in a much better position. So there's a lot to find out over the next 12 games, and I think the Sharks have done very well to weather the storm up to this point of the season. When you get into last night's game, you give up a goal 32 seconds in. 32 seconds in, you're down one nothing. That game has a chance to go sideways even more so in a real hurry, especially against a team like Toronto, who entering last night's game had won 12 out of 14. Now after the win, they've won 13 out of 15. They are the hottest team in the NHL. And while they started off slowly, Toronto kind of found themselves by playing a more disciplined game while their offense was maybe not in line with their relative expectations. Now Toronto's offense is getting back up to what they wanted it to be. So Toronto is a bit of a buzzsaw right now. I, I do think that is something that has to be acknowledged in the overall narrative of last night's game. It's not an excuse for the Sharks right now, but Toronto's really, really good. 
The Sharks are not as good as Toronto. When you put those two things together, you're putting the Sharks in a very bad situation to end up with a win. Now, credit to the Sharks after going down 32 seconds into the game. They get Nick Bonino, Bonino, Bonino to score a goal and get them right back into it, which A, is good for the consistency for Bonino because you have to figure that after that slow start, there is going to be a correction, and I think that's happening right now. You don't keep a guy off the board for that long and expect that to be his overall form over the course of the year. Now, Bonino, goals in two straight games. Hopefully, that speaks to more consistency. But again, the Sharks do get that immediate response, tie it up at one, and then they give up another goal shortly thereafter, and you have three goals in the first five minutes of the game, and it feels like it's going to be a wild one. Now, after that point, the Sharks were not playing their best hockey, but it wasn't terrible either, and Toronto is going to put you in some negative situations. So after the first period, and here's the other deal. The first period, the Sharks had a lot of good opportunities to score and put pucks in the back of the net, and they couldn't. And that's something that's got to change for the Sharks right now. If they get a good look on an open net, They've got to bury it, and too many times last night and in recent games, they haven't been able to do that. Whether it's been five-on-five, whether it's been on the power play, the Sharks' execution in terms of offense has been lacking, and when they have that position to put a puck in, they need to do so because they're not good enough to miss those opportunities. They're not good enough to get the next one. They've got to bury those opportunities right then and there if they want to keep themselves in games. So you could have a situation where the Sharks were up after the first period. They're only down 2-1. I don't hate it. In the second period, you give up two goals, neither of which were Reimer's fault. And I think that at that point, when Bob Bugner decided to make the change to go to Reimer or go to Hill, I didn't hate it either. And I think that Reimer is expected to go on Sunday against Chicago. But, you know, the Sharks at that point, they're looking to spark something. They're looking to get a little bit of a change. It's tough to do that against a team like Toronto. Toronto had a pretty solid second period overall, whereas they were not as committing as many turnovers. The Sharks were just not really looking sharp. But again, it wasn't terrible. I think the fact that the Sharks didn't completely fall apart and even the goals that Toronto scored in the second period were hard-fought goals. They weren't Reimer's fault. The team didn't just totally disintegrate. You know, that's that's the way it goes against a team like Toronto. I, di- I didn't hate it at all. And then the third period, I thought both teams had a dip in energy and neither one of them looked exactly as spicy as they did in the first or second periods. I thought the Sharks had a couple of moments where they put some nice rushes together and tried to get something going once again, but... Toronto, with that three-goal buffer, with the lead they had, they weren't going to relinquish anything at that point. They were kind of cruising, and it just didn't have enough to change the dynamic of the game, and the Sharks end up losing by that final of 4-1. to one. So it kind of reminded me of a game similar to Washington, because Washington scored, what, two and a half minutes into that game, and then, you know, kind of never looked back. But the Sharks just, they're, they're not good enough to not play their A game against one of the best teams in the league right now and walk away with anything other than a loss. Now, the Sharks played one of their best games against Carolina and walked away with a win. The Sharks played one of their best games at Calgary and walked away with a win. So it's certainly something that the Sharks can do. There's just no consistent factor in when you look at this team and you feel like you know which team is going to show up. I mean, I I talked with several people after the game who said, you know, I expected the Sharks to play better than that, or wow, I was surprised by what a relative dud that was for the Sharks, or they kind of said like, eh, that was a bit of a stinker from the Sharks. And I think that's that's a good thing in the sense that you're not you're not expecting the Sharks to play like garbage, right? I mean, like last year and the year before, there was that snowball effect where you just thought to yourself, ugh, 
This could get ugly. Which Sharks team is going to show up? And that's never a situation you want to see the team in, but it's part of acknowledging reality. When you acknowledge reality, you say to yourself, all right, what do I expect from the Sharks tonight against one of the best teams in the division? Like when the Sharks were going up against Vegas last year, I did not expect it to be a high quality game. I expected them to get beat. And that's the way it went down. When you go up against a team like Toronto last night, there were a lot of people, and I talked to Chris Cuthbert before the game, and he's been pleased with what the Sharks have put up. Mark Masters at TSN, I talked to him before the game. You know, he thought the Sharks were going to put up a good fight, which, by the way, if you're missing those interviews, they're on the buildup each and every game day where I'm leading us into our coverage from Dan's Teal Report as well as the pregame overall. I have these interviews, looks around the league, news. Join me on the buildup. You can get it on the Sharks Hockey Digest podcast. It's also playing about three times over the course of the afternoon in the buildup to the game. But, you know, when you're talking to two established names in the NHL, like Cuthbert, like Masters, and they both expect the Sharks to put up a good fight, that's completely different than the narrative we were seeing last year and definitely different than the changing narrative we saw in the 2019-2020 shortened season. So Toronto's better than the Sharks. It was great that the Sharks got that win on the road earlier this year. I'm not banking on it happening multiple times over the course of the year, whether home, on the road, wherever it's going to be, neutral site, for the Sharks to beat that better team. However, they are definitely capable of doing it, and I think that is one of the most interesting takeaways up to this point of the season. It is the quarter mark, relatively. You know, it's not, you know, 82 isn't divisible by four with a round number. But at this point, the Sharks are in line, if not slightly exceeding my expectations for them as a team. And we'll see if this continues when they go out on the road. Again, I look at that as a potential 3-5 and five road trip. And then I look at the seven-game homestand after that as having a lot of winnable games as well. So this is going to be a very, very telling part of the schedule for the Sharks because I do believe that in terms of who they're scheduled to play and the heavy homestand, it might be their first opportunity this season to really, truly thrive. They have not had that opportunity due to difficult scheduling, A, in terms of their opposition, and B, the COVID outbreak, which I think definitely impacted things because some of those players who were playing well before the outbreak have not returned to that level as of yet, and you hope they're going to be able to recapture it. We're going to get into more out of last night's game. Post-game sound on the other side. You're on Morning Tide. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Matthews at the point now, shoots one. Blocked by Ferraro's skate. That stunk Mario Ferraro, but he kept it away from Reimer. Held in by Sandine. Now the man on the right, thrown into the net. They score! It's Matthews in front of the goal! Sandine threw it to the net. Reimer couldn't hold on to it, and Matthews chipped it in. And so it is three to one Toronto. Yeah, we're sloppy. I'm sure that's how it, how it looked. It's how it felt. Um, power play wasn't good. Uh, when we, we needed one there on the on special teams, they got one. We uh, we didn't really create momentum for our team either. And 
uh, it, it hurt us tonight. So um, just a sloppy night. Dan Rusinowski on the call for Toronto's third goal of the night, followed by Logan Couture bringing us in, talking about how he just thought the team wasn't there. Of course, you go down 32 seconds. You're going to be in a situation where you are chasing the game. Here's what Cooch had to say on that. Yeah, it's tough when you fall down early against a, a team like that. You never want to give up breakaways. And we gave up a few too many tonight, um, just a few breakdowns. And, you know, we worked hard, um, just some some breakdowns that cost us. And Mark Edward Vlasic weighed in on that as well. Yeah, it's it's tough, but, I mean, in 82 games, the team's going to score first. And uh, in the last 19 games, it's happened, and we've bounced back. Um, so we tried. We just fell short tonight. And I like the no-nonsense approach from Vlasic there, by the way, because if you look at the game, the Sharks actually did do a good job of bouncing back. It's one nothing Toronto. They get that goal pretty shortly thereafter, and unfortunately they gave up another goal after that. So yeah, it spoke to the fact that the Sharks were not lacking effort last night. They were lacking crispness. They were relatively sloppy over the course of the game, and I think that was something that led to the Sharks finding themselves in a bad situation and down 2-1 and then suddenly down 4-1 after the first two periods. Effort was good. Overall, the crispness that the team had, it was just not nearly good enough. Yeah, yeah, we weren't crisp tonight, and uh, um, like I said, I think you have to be to beat uh, a team that's on a roll like this, and we just didn't have our A game. There's really no reason for it. I know we played a lot of hockey this week on the homestand. We gave the guys a day off yesterday for uh, for Thanksgiving, thinking, you know, recharge our batteries, come back here and, and get to work today and for the final game of the homestand, but uh, um, you know, it just we, we came out flat, and uh, uh, we never found that gear we needed. Now, the other aspect of this is that the Sharks consistently turn the puck over a lot in the second period and over the entirety of the game. That's not going to surprise anyone. Uh, this is where Bugner weighed in on that afterwards. Um, you know, I think you're, you, you you know get down 3-1, you're chasing it a little bit, and I think then you're trying to get too fancy. And, you know, yeah, our D made some plays flat-footed at the blue line trying to make offensive plays. And, uh, I went the other way. Uh, one of the best power plays in the league, and, and we couldn't we couldn't get the puck out when we were trapped in there for almost two minutes at a time. And uh, um, bad things happen um, against Toronto if you can't get that puck down. And uh, we just get caught on the penalty kill. Um, our penalty kill has been our one of our saviors all year. So um, you know, it's one of those games where just uh, um, we couldn't we couldn't convert on some of our chances early, which I thought we had a couple good looks. We we had breakaways ourselves. Let's be honest. I mean, it's easy to sit up here and say, "Oh, we gave them a breakaway, they scored the first goal." But we also had a couple breakaways. Um, no, no, I'm just saying. So, I mean, we had our chances. It's just uh, we didn't bury them. They did, and, uh, and now we're chasing. I mean, that's the thing. The opportunities were there for the Sharks, particularly in that first period. They were not getting it done on the power play. And they gave up a power play goal. So when you lose the special teams battle and you go down 32 seconds into a game, you're probably not going to win. And at this point, the Sharks are not good enough to overcome those issues. So until they are, it was a recipe for disaster. And I think at this point, you're also wondering what was going on with the power play last night because it was not as aggressive as we'd seen it over the past couple of games. This is what Logan Couture had to say. Yeah, it's just being sharp, um, being in the right spot, making the right decisions, and, and getting back to shooting the puck. I mean, we had success early in the season when we shot the puck with traffic, and right now maybe we're looking for seams too early. We're getting cute, too cute with the puck. I think uh, if we get back to just blasting it from the flanks and from the middle of the ice, we're going to find rebound goals or dirty goals, and um, that's what you need. Uh, a lot of teams 
these guys kill similar to us and um, it's a lot of pressure so we could have got the puck to the net more and, and outnumber them down low that, that would have been the way to do it but it didn't work tonight I mean, I'm just a big believer of getting the puck to the net. I think that if you ask questions of the goalie and the defense, if you try and make things happen, you are going to be rewarded. And I think overall that mentality in sports, sports reward aggression. And the Sharks were not aggressive enough last night on the power play, at least not aggressive enough to yield a positive outcome. They're a forcing team, just much like much like us, a top-down team. They put a lot of pressure on you. And I thought that uh, the difference in both power plays is Toronto doesn't, they don't, what I like to call, I use the terminology, dust the puck, stick handle the puck. They, they get it and they release it, and, and therefore you, it's tough to get the pressure on them that you want because the puck's moving so fast. I don't think our puck movement was as fast as theirs on our power play, and uh, you know, we did have a couple looks, but um, you know, we, had to, we, we had to move the puck a lot quicker against that penalty kill. I think that's a pretty no-nonsense assessment of Bob Bugner on what he saw from the game last night. I mean, I think they were very much on the power play like they were in the rest of the game, which was simply not good enough. Now, the Sharks are at roughly the quarter mark of the season. This is what the captain had to say on that. It's been a wild start, really. Um, you know, going into the year, you never knew what was going to happen with COVID and, and all that. And uh, we got through, you know, our outbreak. Um pretty well and it, it feels like it's a lot more than 20 games honestly but uh, I like uh, the position we put ourselves in um, obviously we'd like to be in a playoff spot there's a few points where we, we let slip away but uh, when almost every night this year we, we've given ourselves a chance we worked hard and um, you know it's all you can ask for for our group and that's what our goal was in, into the season is, is trying to outwork the other team every single night that's all we can control in there and for the most part I, I've liked our, our efforts almost every night. Yeah, I don't think anything Logan Couture said there is far off from what we've seen. I think for the most part, the Sharks have been a hardworking team, if not the most talented team on the ice, but they are embracing physicality. They've been playing with effort. They've been playing with spark, and there have been some games where they've not been great. I think the Colorado one is the one we point to as the most, well, they just got skated off the ice that night for one reason or another, but you know, even when they fell behind against Boston, you know, they were able to fight their way back into that one. Yeah, they had the one bad loss against Montreal, but it's how it goes right now. I mean, you cannot be great every single game when you are as, well, average as the Sharks have proven to be up to this point of the year. You expect them to be wins followed by losses up to this point. But as we look into a portion of scheduling like they have a chance now, are they going to be able to thrive? That's the thing that's going to tell me a lot about the Sharks team. If they go through these next 12 games, 6-6, six and six, that's probably indicative of what you're going to see over the course of the year. If they go through it at 7-5 and five or 8-4, and four, then maybe there's a little bit more hope for what can happen next with this team. And again, I, don't, I have no idea what they're going to be able to do, what they're going to be able to you know, turn this into, but that's why I think these next 12 games are so important because up to this point of the year, you have been, you know, ups and downs and COVID and, you know, road trips and all sorts of things that have really impacted your overall record. Now you have the potential to get the most out of your team and take advantage of the scheduling, which is finally not as wild and hardcore as it's been up to this point. Uh, we're not far from first place. We just got to put more wins together. As soon as you lose one, you, you drop two or three slots. You win a couple, you move up. So we got to put a string of wins together to catch uh, Calgary and Edmonton. Now, I know some people are going to listen to that answer about the quarter season assessment from Vlasic and think that it's not realistic to compare themselves to the first place team. But, you know, do you want anything else? 
Do you want him to say, oh, well, we're not doing that badly. We should be happy. We should be satisfied. No, of course not. You like the fact that his go-to answer is, well, we're not that far out. And that's what you would expect these guys to be because when you have 1,100 games like Mark Edward Vlasic with the Sharks, he hit that milestone last night. When you've played that many games, all for one team, and you've been mostly a wildly successful Shark during that time period, the expectations are that high. And even if Vlasic isn't the player he once was, his, ex- his expectations are to be the player that he once was. And his expectations are the team to be what they once were. And I like that. I think that's a great thing for him to be looking at in terms of where they are and where they want to be. And truth be told, they are not that far out. It's not something that's going to be impossible for them to do and string together some wins and suddenly be part of that conversation. He offered more on the upcoming road trip. Play well defensively, off to a good start. Um, Especially on the road, a five-game road trip, if we get off to a good start in the first win, we'll feel good going into uh, the New York section of the trip. And again, I look at Chicago as a beatable opponent. That's not necessarily to speak ill of them in any way, shape, or form. But when you look at the games on the schedule, you immediately identify the teams that you think you should beat. And I think the Sharks should beat Chicago. I think after that, it gets more difficult with each passing game almost. But I do have a level of expectations where I think to myself, okay, what can the Sharks do before they get back home? And it's A, win the winnable games. And then B, maybe exceed your expectations a little bit, which is why I do not put three and two or four and one out of the overall expectation level before they do get back home. I, you know, I'm, I am excited for what this team can do right now. I I, I have not felt this good about the schedule over the entirety of the season. When I look at a 12 game chunk, you have not had this much potential opportunity to win as you do right now. And, you know, I've looked at each of these last little chunks. We've looked at homestands. We've looked at road trips. You know, it's not been easy for the Sharks. Like I said, this four-game homestand had Washington, Carolina, and Toronto. Three out of the four games were against three of the four best teams in the East, and the Sharks walked away with two wins. They beat the team they were better than in Ottawa, and they beat one of the three best teams in the East. I don't love the outcome, but I don't hate it. And I also don't think they were skated off the ice, and I don't think they looked too far off against the best teams in the East. I think what they looked like were a team that's just not as good as those teams, but were definitely competitive, definitely made the other team work. And I know that you might say, Ted, that's a low bar to clear. You're not wrong, but it's also a drastic improvement from what we saw a year ago. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. I will see you all on Monday morning as we look back at Sunday's game against Chicago. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off.